everyone. Welcome to the Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast, where mistakes are welcome, nothing is off limits, and growth is inevitable. I am Sharissa Wood. I'm Brittany Simon. And we are putting our brains together to bring you the tools you need to elevate your hygiene practice, build amazing team culture, and provide patients with the very best care. Our mission is to help empower and equip every hygienist to practice purposeful, profitable hygiene. We look to guide you on your journey towards career fulfillment by providing support, collaboration, and community to our profession. As two of the top producing hygienists in the country, we know firsthand that these things lead to sustainable and fulfilling practice and the happy side effect of high profitability. So let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Bulletproof Hygiene Podcast. We are so happy to have you joining us today. And today, Brittany and I are talking about integrating new patients to the practice. So stats say that the average new patient is worth twice the value of an existing patient within the first year. The average solo dentist requires 24 to 50 new patients per month to achieve consistent growth. However, according to Dental Economics, the ideal sweet spot is about 70 new patients. And this honestly is due to the average attrition experienced each month, which comes in at about 10%. And those are your patients that have moved away. You know, they've taken new jobs. They've moved out of town. Um, unfortunately, they, they die or they change offices for various reasons. So you have to be mindful of even though new patients are coming in and that's a great thing, you've got to keep your eye on how many patients are kind of sneaking out the back door because that attrition is a very real thing. And it can really skew your numbers for how well the practice is really doing and growing if you're only focused on the new patients. Um, but I will say new patients are an indicator of how well your team is performing. Um, and if you find that your schedule cannot accommodate the amount of new patients desired, it might be time to add another day or column of hygiene or a new hygienist altogether. Um, assuming your new patients come in through the hygiene side of the building, which Brittany and I are really big supporters of. So in order to contribute to practice growth, obviously, you know, we feel this way. We've got to embrace the ownership mentality and do our part as hygienists to make our new patients experience the best it can be. So we want to throw out some ideas to consider implementing, and we'll talk about how each of us both approach our new patient appointments. Um, first of all, we're going to say that we strongly recommend placing appointment blocks that are reflective of your new patient goals. Um, you know, if you find that you're looking at your hygiene schedule, you know, a month out and you're fully loaded with your recares and your perio maintenances and you don't have room for those new patients, well, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So, um, you know, play around with that schedule, put the blocks in for what you really want to see. You, you plan for what you want to happen. Mm -hmm. um, you take a proactive approach versus a reactive approach. So make sure you, you get those blocks in. And then also the blocks for any um, potential periodontal treatment that those new patients may need so that you can accommodate them in a reasonable, reasonable amount of time. So let's face it, telling somebody that they have an active infection that puts them at risk for serious systemic disease, um, but the fact that we can't treat it for two months, that really sends some mixed messages and it yeah. devalues our credibility. Yeah. And, you know, whenever we have to schedule out a longer procedure or a more highly productive procedure, like non-surgical periotherapy, more than about a week, you know, patients 
pretty easily forget the value that you described and the importance of them getting their treatment completed. Like the, the longer they wait, the more likely they are to cancel their appointment because they forget or other things come up in that interim period. Like, you know, there's something breaks in their house. Now that the money that they were going to allot or assign to their dental procedures, maybe going into their house instead, you know, it's just more time for the patient to forget the value or change their priorities. You know, the longer, the, the longer they go without getting that treatment done. Right. Agreed. Um, we also recommend, you know, if you're bringing your new patients in through the hygiene side of the building, um, we recommend allowing between 90 minutes and two hours per new patient exam, um, depending on what your flow looks like and how your practice approaches things like treatment planning, um, presentation and reappointing. And we want to start at the very beginning of our patient's interaction with us as a practice. Um, and that's a new patient phone call to schedule the appointment. So it's really important that the patient's expectations for the appointment are set at the beginning so there's no surprises. Um, having, you know, some new patient scripting and information intake sheet for anyone answering the phones will, can help to minimize confusion for all parties involved and set up the rest of the team for success once the patient arrives. Mm -hmm. So I know for us... Um, when a new patient calls, we have an intake form that they fill out and it gives us all kinds of information as far as, um, you know, what the patient's insurance information is, you know, what their chief complaint is, who their referral source or what their refer referral source was. Um, and it also helps us share with the patient what our practice is about. So, you know, what, what their investment should look like for that visit, mm -hmm. um, even if it's just a range what they should expect for the length of the appointment, um, what our practice cancellation policy is. And I want to go into that a little bit because um, I know we do that a little bit differently. Brittany, I know for you guys, you take a credit card number, correct? When you make that new patient call? We do. And it's um, on file and they're made fully aware of our 48 hour cancellation policy. And they're informed that the credit card will not be charged the $48 for the 48 hour cancellation or failed appointment fee, unless they just don't come to their appointment or they cancel from that two hour window. And again, you know, we always um, give the disclaimer of this comes with discretion. You know, clearly if someone has a true emergency, we're not going to charge that fee or someone, you know, extenuating circumstances, we're not going to charge the fee, but we do let them know that we value our time and their time. And we, we respect that with this 48 hour cancellation policy. And that just means for the length and the duration of our relationship, that's their expectation for us too. So it just sets everyone up for success and gives them realistic expectations everywhere, like you're talking about on, on both ends. Yeah. And I think that's a really great idea. I, I hope we've got some talks in the way maybe to imp implement that same concept. Mm -hmm. um, we do it a little bit different, but I, I think it makes sense, especially if you're, you know, like we said, if you're blocking 90 minutes to two hours, you know, that's, that's an important time. And, and, we want our patients to value our time as much as we value theirs. For us, we do inform them of the missed cancellation fee. Um, but if they, you know, if they cancel the first visit or they no show, there is no fee for that visit. But in order to reschedule, we do take a hundred dollar non-refundable deposit to schedule that next visit. So right. it looks, looks a little bit different, but just some different ideas that, you know, for people to, to look at and consider. Um, I know at Atlanta Dental Spa, we have insurance coordinators. 
that will get an insurance breakdown for coverage. So we understand everything from their history, whether it be for, you know, perio maintenance or scaling and root planing or x-rays. Um, we, we are no, we know what their frequency limitations are and the coverage for our general services. Um, and then it's awesome because they'll go ahead and reach out to that patient via email and explain any estimated out of pocket expenses or ask for information to have recent x-rays sent over prior to their appointment. So if, you know, if you get their breakdown and you see, oh, they had a Panorex taken last year, they'll go ahead and reach out ahead of time and say, hey, Mr. Jones, we see that you have history of a Panorex x-ray from last year. Would you, we could either get that information for you if you share that office with us, or you can do that yourself. But that's really awesome and helpful to us, you know, on the clinical side to already have that in place and, you know, preserve the time we have within our appointment. So I think that's a really smart thing and it's super, super helpful. Um, And then if the patient brings their insurance same day, we go ahead and do that breakdown and have the conversation in the chair prior to performing services. And, And, you know, sometimes that can make things a little wonky because, you're waiting to do those services because you want to make sure that obviously they have coverage and you've had that, you know, transparent conversation. So in those cases, I've learned it's best to, we kind of start with the things that there's not charges for. So medical and dental history and photos and doing the iTero wellness scan. So we can do that while we're waiting for the breakdown to come and, and just avoid any wasted time. So we do that a little bit differently. Um, We let everyone over the phone know that if they have insurance that they want to use, we accept all PPO plans and it'll either be in an in-network or out-of-network basis. And we explain the difference and out-of-network, you'll pay cash up front. And then the insurance company will send you a check directly for whatever number they would typically reimburse for this procedure or product or process. Um, But if a person, you know, they're, they're informed of that over the phone. So then if they don't give insurance information over the phone and they show up the day of that they're scheduled for hygiene or as a new patient with their insurance card, we let them know that they will be processed as, as out of network. So they will be paying cash for today's visit. And that way we don't have to wait for that process to happen because it was a big issue for us at one point in time. Like people would just not disclose their information or, or maybe they were waiting on their insurance to kick in or whatever the reason was, but they would constantly and constantly bring, you know, a new insurance card. And it would just be like this huge, like, I don't even know what to call it. Like just a, it, it was just taking up too much time. It was a time sucker yep. type of thing. So we started saying, okay, this is your quote out of pocket. This is cash pay, what, what you're expected to, to pay today. And then, you know, according to whatever your insurance breakdown is, we can't guarantee coverage for any of these services, but this is the maximum that you will pay out of pocket. They may reimburse you a percentage of this, but it's going to be up to your particular plan and insurance company. Nice. I like that. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, Bulletproof Hygienists, it's Brittany and Sharissa, and we are thrilled to announce that it's finally here, our comprehensive online mastery course. If you're anything like us, you know that hygiene is more than just a job, it's more than just a paycheck, and it's a whole lot more than just cleaning teeth. It's our calling. If you're ready to take the deep dive, become a top 1% hygienist, and move from going through the motions to loving what you do every day, boosting treatment acceptance, taking communication and team building to the next level, this course is designed for you. Master all the tools you'll need to make our successes your own. Everything from mindset and culture, team organization and calibration, to individualized best practices and verbiage for success, it's all there. 
Earn five CEs while building your own bulletproof hygiene practice with our proven methodology. To find our course, go to bph.dental and click courses on the left-hand side for all the details. Once the patient has called and, and experienced the first phone call, they've got their appointment scheduled and they're coming into the office. So the patient arrives and it's time to welcome them to the family and show them around the house. We like to treat our patients like guests in our own home. So we introduce ourselves and give them a tour of the office so they can be really comfortable, know their way around and see that we are neat and clean. Um, we welcome them into our operatories and set the stage for our practice ideologies and expectations for what we'll accomplish at the first visit. And I know at Atlanta Dental Spa, we actually created a really cool laminated sheet that we go over with each patient to make the practice introduction streamlined and consistent across the board. So we review our complimentary comfort services. We talk about how, you know, the importance of patients being really comfortable in the chair. Um, we talk about our practice mentality of complete health dentistry. Um, we present our gold standard of care services that we perform on all of our new patients. And then also what our optional diamond standard of care services are. And the, those are those services that really assess their uh, specific risk factors and create long-term prevention for them. Um, basically, we set the stage to let our patients know that we are there to work for them. We're not willing to compromise their health, and we're going to do everything within our power to keep them comfortable. And we do not promise a cleaning at our first visit. Um, we actually don't even have it listed as one of the services on that sheet that we go over. And so, of course, um, that's a question that we get frequently as we're reviewing things. We're like, wait, you're not, you're not going to clean, you're going to clean my teeth today. Right. Um, and so I usually say, well, what we're going to do is we're going to take all of these assessments and if everything looks really great and is healthy and a, and a regular healthy cleaning is what's indicated for you. Yes, we will make that happen today. But mm -hmm. if there's any kind of active infection or, you know, concerns today and we, and you need something more than just a regular cleaning, then obviously we'll talk about when, when, and how we can make that happen. Um, and then one of the things that we do at our practice, as we're kind of going through this, uh, we then transition into going through medical and dental history. And one of the questions on our dental history is, you know, what is, what does home care look like for you? How many times a day are you brushing? Are you a flosser or a water pick user? I'm just kind of trying to get the groundwork for what this looks like for this patient. And they'll, you know, share their information. And then we like to share with them. So this is one of the things we do for our new patients is we really like to celebrate new patients. We want to give them a gift to say, welcome to the practice, but we also want it to be something that sets them up for success. So we actually give all of our new patients a um, Atlanta Dental Spa branded toothbrush. We call it our swirl. And it is um, very much like the Sonicare as far as technology goes. And it is a free brush for them. And then when they come for subsequent visits, we do replace their brush head. Um, so it's a really nice thing for patients like, oh, this is really cool. It's not something that they're having to pay for, but it just, I think it's a great welcome, but it's also something that's going to help their home care for future. So I know that Brittany and my processes look a little bit different for bringing new patients in from start to finish. So I'm going to let Brittany share kind of what her flow is, and then I'll talk about mine. Yeah. And all, all of it sounds honestly really similar. I know we do mm -hmm. things very like similarly. Um, yep. Some of the differences are we a lot 90 minutes for a new patient appointment, unless Sometimes scheduling a 90-minute appointment ends up wonky because our recares we typically schedule for an hour. So then we're not scheduling on the hour. We're scheduling, you know, on a 30-minute 
right like, an, like a 9 30 instead of a nine type of thing and that can how, make the schedule awkward how many blocks do you guys put in in a day for new patients i think right now we're just doing one per well this is how we do it so we do one to two blocks per day. And it honestly depends on how far out we're blocking. I think we started with the idea that we would put two blocks per hygienist per day, not for new patients, but for a new patient and a high production appointment. Got it. Just so your longer SPT, procedures. Your whitening, yeah, yeah. yeah your, your longer procedures. And it would be a two hour block about, um, or 90 minutes to two hours. And then I think what it has worked out to be is about one on average per day. So you either get a new patient or a high production Got it. appointment or procedure. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So prior to our new patient appointment, um, the admin person over the phone, we have a template that we use. So they'll go through, you know, chief complaint, referral source, last dental visit, gather any necessary insurance information. If the patient is interested in sending over forwarding their prior diagnostics, you know, they obtain that information, they make phone calls, they, you know, obtain whatever records the patient wants to use. They also give them the time expectation that Teresa was talking about earlier. So they let them know this appointment will be at least 90 minutes. Um, the hygienist will be with you the entire time. You'll meet the dentist. They'll do a thorough evaluation and obtain all these diagnostics. I think they briefly review the diagnostics that we will will take um, and that the hygienist will determine, you know, the health status of their mouth and like whether or not a cleaning is indicated that day. Um, so they check their referral source. We get that uh, insurance eligibility, try and do that upfront on the, on the front end so that we're not scrambling around the day of. Um, so check confirmation, adjust the appointment card as necessary, load all the appointment features. So that includes a panoramic x-ray, an FMX, a perio chart, a 3D wellness scan, two-dimensional, photographs. It's a full Invisalign series, uh, comprehensive exam with the doctor. And then a lot of times we'll just load the appointment card with a profi, understanding that that will probably change. And then uh, the patient's informed, you know, if they're out of network or they're paying cash for the appointment of our new patient appointment uh, package, you know, it's, I think it's 256 is what it currently is. And it includes a profi or a perio maintenance or a full mouth debridement. It does not include non-surgical periotherapy or anything beyond that. So on the day of the appointment, of course, we prepare the operatory for the new patient and get all the diagnostic stuff that we're going to need. We get the iTero, we get the nomads, we get the sensors and the photo, the photographs, the cameras, all the things. Um, and in our appointment cards, we put who the provider is. So if they have a preferred provider, by the way, there's also like a decision tree for which provider goes to which patient because we have, I think, six or seven GPs and then specialists. So there's a process of elimination type of thing for assigning which provider to which new patient. So it's like, it's not really based on seniority. It's based on chief complaint and whether or not the patient was specifically referred to a particular doctor. So we'll put in the, the top line of our appointment card who the provider is. So I just put in all caps and say, Dr. Paisner. So that he knows, he can see on my schedule, I'm supposed to be with Brittany at, at uh, 10 o'clock with our new patient. So um, at the time of the appointment, we have an admin team member start the appointment. So they go greet the patient at the front. Um, a lot of times the patient is sent new, new patient paperwork before they arrive or they're asked to fill it out before they arrive. And of course, that would be great in a perfect world if they always did that. And usually they do not. So the admin team member, you know, greets them at the front walks them back. The admin team member actually takes a pano and then walks the patient over to one of our um, treatment presentation rooms. We have four of them, consult rooms, and starts the process of asking them the questions in our medical history. It's quite an extensive medical history. We do a comprehensive one, and then we just have med history updates for years after that. 
Um, but they ask them all the questions. And then when I come in, I just ask about the yeses. So I don't have to repeat all the questions. I just go in and say, hi, I'm Brittany. I'm your hygienist. This is what we'll be doing today. Let me run through your medical history. We get out of the way, all the pertinent information, allergies, medication, surgeries, chief complaints, you know, um, last dental visit, all the things. And then I let them know exactly what we're going to be doing that day. And this should almost be review at this point because they were told over the phone what to expect diagnostic wise. But I tell them, um, I know that, you know, let's say Ashley just took a panoramic x-ray. That's the one that spun around your head. And what that does is gives us an overview of everything. So it helps us to check your TMJ joints, your sinuses, your facial bones, to check for any abnormalities or pathology. What I'm going to do is take small x-rays inside your mouth that will check for cavities, bone levels, infections around the root. I'm also going to take some photographs, take a three-dimensional scan of the way that your bite functions and fits together, and also do an evaluation of your gum and bone. So I'm going to check the health and see if there's any inflammation or bone loss or active issues in regards to that. And depending on what we find, I'm going to inform you of your extent of health or disease, and then we can talk about how to fix issues. And if everything looks healthy, then that's what I'm going to tell you. So I just let them know what the expectation is for that day. And again, I don't promise them a cleaning, just like Tracy said. And I think this is bizarre for for most people to hear because a lot of patients, their chief complaint is, oh, I just want my teeth cleaned. But if if we're transparent and upfront from the beginning of their experience that like, hey, we're not going to jeopardize our practices and our standards because you would like a cleaning. I explained, you know, cleaning isn't a car wash. It's not like a massage where you get to pick your pressure. It's a, it's a diagnosed like code according to your health status. Like, so this, this cleaning goes with this health status and that cleaning goes with that health status. So setting up the expectations, I think avoids a lot of upset. So that's what we try and do at the beginning of the appointment. And then in the consult room, I, you know, tell them that I'm going to introduce them to the doctor that they'll be seeing that day. And then the doctor, I relay all the information to about what we just discussed. And then I bring the doctor in and the doctor basically just um, reviews with the patient, just repeats what I just told them basically and says, is this correct? Do you have anything else that you want to disclose? And then signs the medical history. And the purpose of doing it this way is so that one, they have that admin point of contact. So if they have a treatment plan and they need to see someone afterwards, they know who they're seeing. So they're like, okay, I I already know Ashley, you know, she helped me on the way in. She's not just this money face, you know? Um, And with the doctor, the purpose of having that face-to-face sit down in the consult room is one, because of privacy, our office is a very open layout. So we've got two doors in each operatory, you know, like it's very, you can hear what people are saying, you know, so you want to review the med history in a private setting. And also it's a non-threatening environment. So before the patient is seated in the dental chair and a lot of patients, as we know, have dental anxiety. And as soon as they sit in the chair, they get that white coat syndrome, their blood pressure skyrockets. They can't hear half of what we're saying, you know, that sort of thing. We make it non-threatening by having the doctor sit on their level, meet them in a non-clinical setting and introduce themselves as people before they become the doctor, right? So we do that. And then I take uh, the patient to my room or I start with the 3D wellness scan with the iTero. And I let that process, so that takes about 15 minutes to process. So if we want to have any uh, discussion about occlusion or Invisalign or anything else using the iTero, that can be processing and completed by the time I'm done obtaining all the rest of the diagnostics. So we do the scan and then I sit them up. I do an FMX and a 2D photo series, and then I lay them back down and do the perio chart. And then I review all the findings. So I review everything, you know, if I think that Scaling is indicated. I will, you know, explain why. And much like Sharisa, we've kind of got our protocols so worked out that I know that the doctor 
the doctors were all calibrated. So there's no doubt in my mind that if I'm recommending some sort of treatment, like hygiene treatment, that the doctor's going to say, yes, I agree. Um, they're going to come do their exam before I move forward, but I'm confident when I'm explaining, okay, patient, this is, these are my findings. This is what's going on. This is what's indicated to solve your problem. What questions do you have? And then um, we use little appointment cards, uh, these sheets that we print out, they're laminated and we use um, dry erase marker. And it says, you know, this is who the doctor is, who the hygienist is, which operatory, what time the appointment is, patient's chief complaint, last dental visit. It just, it's just saying like, okay, we did an FMX today. We, did, we need a comp exam. This is what we talked about. And then I just leave that in the doctor's room if they're working or doing something restorative. And then the doctor comes in whenever they are available. If it's something, like I said, non-surgical periotherapy, I, I have them come in before I start that. Um, but if not, they usually just say, okay, move on, go ahead and do the propy. So if, if, if we are able to do hygiene same day, it is a propy, it is a perio maintenance or a debridement with the, with the explanation that we're going to have to reevaluate in four weeks or, or kind of see what everything looks like after we've cleaned everything thoroughly. And then, um, Follow-up wise, like at the end of the appointment, depending on what needs to be scheduled, if, if something needs to be scheduled, you know, they see treatment plan coordinator that is all set up prior to, you know, them leaving. And if it's just a recare, if we did a profi that day, then I schedule the recare, you know, at the at chair side at the end of our appointment, um, give them some home care items and then escort them out. They're automatically sent a text message to leave us a review. So they, they get a text message, every person does, um, to leave a Google review, I believe, and then they can just click that link, sign in in their Gmail account, and leave us a review if they so desire. And then, you know, uh, confirmation phone calls happen, obviously, about starting about two weeks in advance of their follow-up appointment, whatever the next appointment looks like. So I know you and I do things, you know, very similarly, but, but a little differently. Mm -hmm. So one question I have, because I know you have 90 minutes, Mm -hmm. I have two hours. And Mm -hmm. part of that for me is we tend to do all of the treatment planning for the doctor in my room. Um, And if it's a, you know, less than 5,000 treatment plan, we'll go ahead and present that and get that scheduled. Mm -hmm. If it's above that, or if it's a more complicated procedure where we're going to be doing sedation or full mouth rehab or something like that, then we do pass that off to our treatment coordinator and take the patient to to her at the end of the visit. Mm -hmm. Um, How does that work for you as far as treatment planning for doctor goes? So single book, we're single book hygienists. So a lot of times that means that we don't have the time to sit and treatment plan an extensive plan. Um, We have like surgical coordinators who, you know, are specialists on treatment planning, implant procedures and extractions and that sort of thing. Um, If it's something simple like crowns, bridges, crown and bridge or fillings, composites, like that sort of thing, then I'll treatment plan just chair side as the doctor is doing his or her exam, but I will not present. So I, I rarely present a restorative treatment plan. I'll present my own hygiene treatment plans, or if it's more complicated, or I think the patient will have a lot of insurance questions, I'll bring in our treatment plan coordinator, even for that. Um, but no, just due to time limitations, usually we don't have very much to do with treatment planning for the doctors, other than, like I said, very simple things. Um, and we hand them off to treatment plan coordinator. And if the patient needs to come back for like an extensive like a smile design type of thing, we schedule them, you know, committed time with the doctor a different day, like for them to come back. Got it. Got it. So, and I'm asking this too, obviously just for our listeners so they can get some ideas. 
Um, so if say your doctor is doing the exam and there's a good bit of work that needs to be done, are they dictating that out to you? And you're just making a list that gets passed on to the treatment coordinator. Yeah. Okay. Usually, usually that's what it is. Or, you know, they'll make a list and then they will treatment plan it later if the patient has to come back anyway. So I'll just hand them the list. You know, it depends on how close they are with the treatment plan coordinator and how much trust and the rapport that they have between in that relationship. Got it. Got it. Okay. Nice. Thank you for clarifying that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, Brittany and I do things pretty similarly. Um, Ours is a little different uh, from the top end. uh, We don't uh, meet in a consultation room, either, uh, my assistant or myself will go out and meet the patient, um, in the waiting area and bring them back. And like I said, do the tour on the way back, um, you know, seat them and just kind of start everything there in the chair. Um, and then we will have our doctor come in once we've completed all of our assessments. Uh, I feel like the assessments we do are really, really similar. We're also ITERO users. Mm -hmm. Um, I think really the only difference is uh, we do uh, the bulk of the comp exam as far as we have a, a very specific sheet that we fill out that, you know, shares all the information as far as, you know, clicking and popping of TMJ, um, crepitus, subluxation, um, headaches, lymph nodes. Um, we do the whole oral cancer screening and we use the Velscope for that. So as I'm looking through their you know, mouth with a light, I'm calling out the areas that I'm looking at and, and dictating any, any abnormalities or any just um, topography kind of stuff that's there. Um, we do the whole occlusion. We call that out. Um, so it, it just brings a lot of value to the patient for all the things we're looking at, mm-hmm. because that's one of the things I think that, that gets lost a lot of times in hygiene is we all know that we're looking at a lot of stuff. We're doing a lot of things, but the patient has really no idea what we're looking at and what we're assessing. So I'm a big believer in, in verbally calling out as much as you can to mm-hmm. help them really get the value and understand that, you know, it, it is a enormous process. And we're looking at a lot of things and putting all those pieces together so that we can treat them as comprehensively as possible. Um, We also utilize a diagnostic in our practice. So I will use that if I do see, you know, some stained grooves or some really deep grooves, I'll grab that and take those readings as well. And that's kind of part of that new patient process. Um, And so what, and I know you do this too, but once we've gotten all those diagnostics, um, that's when I'll sit the patient up And, you know, I like to point out that I feel like it is a co-discovery process. So as we're doing all those things, as we're taking the bite wings, as we're, you know, doing the periodontal assessment, I'm calling out, you know, all the comp exam things that we're looking at. The patient can hear all that and kind of knows by the, you know, by the end, oh gosh, there's some things I'm, I'm might want to be concerned about, or there's some Mm -hmm. issues here. Um, So I've, you know, done my show and tell throughout all the things. So now it's time to sit them up. Um, and really review all the concerns. I pull up if, you know, I've got the ITERO screen there so we can look at the occlusal gram. And then I've got on the, on the TV, on the computer, we've got, you know, bite wings and pano and all that pulled up so they can see all of that. And I kind of walk them through all of those concerns before I even grab the doctor. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of psychology in patients hearing and seeing things kind of multiple times yeah. for it to really yeah. think in and for them to, you know, have ownership over that. So I'll kind of do all of that first. Now, let me say this. That is my MO and that's how I like to do things. But there are certain times where a patient's late to the appointment. They didn't have their new patient paperwork filled out. Um, They asked a lot of questions. You know, the timing just didn't fit. 
um, that I might do more education on the perio condition and not delve so deep into the restorative things because I know my doctor's coming in and I know our timing's limited. So yeah, I completely, completely on the same page with that. It it all boils down to the time and availability and yeah, it's a hundred percent. Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll then get my doctor and I'll bring him in and introduce. And we kind of go into this, what we call triangle of trust formation. Um, And the the patient is kind of at the top of that triangle. And then he and I are sitting, you know, kind of across the patient, you know, equal. So we've kind of got this little triangle of trust going. And I think it does a couple of things psychologically. So it puts the patient at the center and at the top. I think there's some psychology there to be like, hey, this is for you. This is about you. You're in control. Um, It's a conversation together and not just about. So it's not, you know, me standing behind the patient and, you know, the the doctor in the patient's mouth and having a conversation over them. This is a conversation with them. Um, And then the patient gets to hear all the issues again, which, like I said, is so important for ownership and acceptance. So you know, my doctor will make a little small talk. Hey, how are you? How's your visit been so far? We're so glad to have you, you know, that kind of thing, make a little connection. And then they'll say, Hey, I know you and Sharissa have done a lot today. You've talked about a lot today. I want her to go ahead and fill me in on any of the things you guys have discussed. And then I want you to share your goals and your thoughts, you know, based on everything that's going on today. So I'll go through all of that. I just kind of have this synopsis that I put together of everything. You know, I start with the patient's chief complaint of what brought them in, um, go through any issues or concerns we see radiographically, clinically, periodontally, um, you know, any kind of restorative issues that we see breakdowns or active decay that, you know, look present and just kind of share all of that. And so I feel like this just creates trust between all of us because we're, we're sharing. And it's really great too, because at this point, the patient's kind of hopping in and sharing things too. So it really is a, a conversation. Um, you know, and it's also, it's allowing eye contact. Everybody can see each other. We've got the open body language. And so uh, then we go through and I, I'm kind of showing the, the doctor the x-rays and the photos and the itero as well, again, so the patient's still continuing to see and hear. Mm-hmm. And then the doctor will go ahead and lean the patient back and call out any recommendations to me, which like Brittany said for her, I'm kind of putting those in the system or writing those down, depending on what's going on. And then he sits the patient back up and then discusses the thoughts and recommendations and the rationale behind. Um, He talks about options too, you know, based on their goals. So sometimes he might want to recommend like a porcelain inlay or onlay over a composite. And he'll talk about why, you know, what those options look like. So it's just, it's really giving the patient a lot of control so that they can make the best decisions for themselves. And, you know, always asking, hey, do you have questions? How, you know, what, do, what else do we need to discuss? And just making sure the patient's really comfortable and on board. Um, and then we go ahead and make the treatment plan. Like I said, if it's, it's below 5,000, we'll go ahead and present that. And if it's above, then we'll hand the patient off to our insurance or our treatment coordinator. And they move forward with getting those next steps in place. Um, if, uh, if it was, if there's some localized perio concerns and we just need to do some limited scaling and root planing, then we'll go ahead, timing, obviously timing allowing, we'll go ahead and do those that day. Um, and I explained that to the patient, Hey, today I, I want to really put the fire out 
where this active inflammation and infection is. And then I want to see you back in four to six weeks. You know, I'm going to go over all the home care instructions for how to really um, facilitate healing. And then I want to see you back in four to six weeks to reevaluate the area, make sure that infection is gone. And then at that time, we'll go ahead and get everything else cleaned up and addressed. Mm -hmm. So I think patients appreciate that, that, oh, I, I am getting something done. You took this seriously. We are going to treat this infection. I know what to do about it. I'm in good hands. And then we'll get everything else taken care of when I come back. I think there is a level of appreciation for that. Um, obviously, uh, you know, sometimes depending on timing and the fact that I do assisted hygiene, sometimes I have the time to do some full scaling and root planing uh, because I have an assistant to kind of manage every all the things around us. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the time I'm bringing patients back for full scaling and root planing. And a lot of our patients choose to do it under sedation in coordination with other restorative needs. So um, that's kind of a nice option for them as well. So when rescheduling new patients for treatment, whether that be perio services, um, restorative or next recare, um, we do like to go ahead at that time and just remind them of our cancellation policy. Remember, they're new to us. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of information coming at them. Um, Brittany, I know you discussed that you guys do a non-refundable deposit for those longer appointments. Yeah, if they're reappointing for a, an appointment that's longer than an hour, we do require a 20% non-refundable deposit. And we do discuss the 48-hour cancellation policy. So if they reschedule or cancel prior to the 48-hour window when they're scheduled, um, they get a refund. But if not, they forfeit their 20% deposit. Yeah, and that really helped, especially when we were booking, you know, for a period of time, we booked on Saturdays and, you know, I come in on a flex day to accommodate some of those longer procedures like that really, really helps to keep people accountable to showing up. You know, I rarely have cancellations of those long appointments unless it's like a true emergency, you know, something really comes up for them. Nice. Nice. Yeah. It's, I think it's important to track your new patient reappoint numbers and Mm -hmm. be aware of that. Um, because, you know, we know life gets really busy and time flies. So it's important to reappoint, you know, patients kind of fall off, you know, even if I tell my patients, even if it's just a target to shoot for, Mm -hmm. you know, at least we we've, we've held that time so that we can make that happen. And as we get closer, obviously, if you see that's not going to work and we need to move it, we can, but it keeps them from falling off. So that's really important. And it's really about patient benefited verbiage when you're doing that. Like, I want to make sure that you get the time and date that works best for you. So let's go ahead and set a tentative appointment and let them know it's tentative up until the 48 hours, you know, and I let them know, we'll start reminding you about two weeks in advance of this um, appointment. If you notice any conflicts in your schedule or any reason that you won't be able to make it, just let us know at least 48 hours in advance. Um, so that we can get you rescheduled and they're like, okay, no problem. You know, and that's again, an opportunity to review the, the 48 hour cancellation policy. And also saying, I want to reserve what works best in your schedule and doing that ahead of time is going to enable that to happen. Yeah. Agreed. And I think you mentioned earlier, and we do the same thing as far as reviews go. So we have a business team member that sends a review link to mm-hmm. all of our new patients after their first visit. Mm-hmm. And so we mention that to the patient too. And especially if you have a patient, a lot of patients are saying, oh my gosh, this, you know, this was an amazing experience. And yeah. 
you know, you guys communicated so well, and I've never had anyone be this thorough. And that's the greatest time to say, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you appreciate it. We want to take the best care of you. We want to take really great care of your friends and family too. Please send them our way. Mm -hmm. And actually, if you would share your experience, that would mean a lot to us. You're going to get a review, a link later today to leave a review. And we would just really appreciate that. I think it means a lot coming from the provider. And if we're being really aware and attentive and we notice the patients kind of, you know, liking what's happening, that's the perfect time to kind of say, hey, will you, will you tell other people about this? Right. And I think that just, you know, keeps the new patient train going. Yeah. Do you have any other thoughts on integrating new patients? Um, I don't. I mean, I think that these systems, we've kind of tweaked them and worked on them over years and changed our processes and reevaluated and reconsidered and, you know, revamped everything considerably throughout the years. And I think that this is like the fine tuning of what Therese and I have both figured out works best in our similar but different practices, you know. So I think that there are some good ideas here and we'd love to hear what your ideas are too. If you have something that we're not considering or not thinking of, we would love to hear about what those are. So please, if you haven't already, um, download the Mighty Networks app and search Bulletproof Hygiene and join us on there for real-time discussions, Q&A, and to post any good ideas that you guys have if you want to share something with us. And we would love to connect with you on our Instagram, um, at our next summit. Those dates will be coming out soon. And as always, we are so grateful that you joined us for another episode of the Bulletproof Hygiene podcast, and we will see you guys next week. Yeah, everybody have a great one. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Bulletproof Hedging Podcast. We hope you've had as much fun as we have. Don't forget to click subscribe for a lot more where this came from. We appreciate your support and promise to keep the hygiene gems coming. Keep track of upcoming Bulletproof Hygiene events by visiting bulletproofhygiene.com or download the Mighty Networks app and search Bulletproof Hygiene to stay connected. We want to hear from you.